Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Whole. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Today on the show, I get to chat with my friend, Jenny Fink. Jenny is the author of the book, Dear Gluten, It's Not Me, It's You. She's been gluten-free since April of 2012 when she was diagnosed with celiac disease. I absolutely love Jenny's perspective on this topic because not only is she a celiac disease patient, she's also a certified holistic nutrition and wellness coach. So she has both the life experience of living gluten-free every single day and the nutritional qualifications and credentials to confidently chat with us about this topic. I think you're going to love this episode because we talk all about living gluten-free, celiac disease, and non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So wherever you fall on the gluten spectrum, you know, whether you have NGCS, celiac disease, you're just living gluten-free, or maybe you're curious about what would happen if I removed or lessened gluten in my diet, I think you're going to love the information that we chat about in this show. So without further ado, let's chat with Jenny. Welcome to the show, Jenny. I'm so, so, so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Well, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and good for you gluten-free. Right. Okay. Well, gosh, where do I begin? <laughs> um, so I started goodfreegluenfree.com or the Good Free Gluten Free community, I want to say about seven, eight years ago, but I had been diagnosed with celiac about 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. it's a journey. Let me tell you, once you're diagnosed with celiac disease, it is a journey of learning, growing. When you know better, you can do better right. and all this stuff. But when I first went gluten-free 10 years ago, I, I really struggled. I felt like there wasn't a lot of information that really spoke to me out there. Mm-hmm. My doctor just said, you know, go gluten-free. And I was like, well, what does that mean really? <laughs> totally. It's really new. It's yeah. much more popular now, right. but it was really new. And she suggested I go get some help, like nutrition help and all this stuff. And, and I just felt like all the information was just how to be gluten-free, you know, which can right. and can't eat. But it wasn't really talking about the healing of my body, some mm. of the emotional aspects that I was dealing with. It, it really is a, a mourning process. There is, there's mm. really a huge emotional burden to the diet. So I started Good Free Gluten Free just as a place to, you know, share recipes, share my experiences, eating out, traveling. Mm. And it, it kind of grew into this great information site. And um, there's really something for everyone in my community, whether you're just trying to figure out how to make bread or pizza, or if you're trying to figure out why you still feel sick, even though you're on a gluten-free diet. So we mm-hmm. kind of talk about that whole range of information in my community. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so let's back up. And I would love for you to tell our listeners, those who don't know, what is celiac disease? Like what's your working definition? 
Right. So celiac disease is an autoimmune condition where when someone eats gluten who has celiac disease, their body goes in attack mode. Their immune system attacks their small intestine. And people don't realize how essential the small intestine uh, is. The yeah. small Right. The small intestine feeds every single cell, every single organ in your body. So you're basically, mm. you know, cutting off the food source if your small intestine isn't working well. Mm. And so gluten is causing your immune system to kind of go wonky and mistakenly attack that healthy tissue surrounding the small intestine. And that can lead to all sorts of nutritional deficiencies. Mm. It can lead to things like osteoporosis, other autoimmune diseases. It can lead to cancer. It can lead to a lot of suffering. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and totally. In, in children, it leads to things like failure to thrive and short stature and really all sorts of nutritional deficiencies that affect their growth and development and their brain. Brain development's a huge thing too. So that is what uh, celiac disease is. But then there's also a whole world of what's called non-celiac gluten sensitivity. Mm. And those symptoms are almost identical to celiac disease, except they don't have that autoimmune attack on their small intestine. Right. But they're experiencing very similar symptoms and inflammation in their, in their small intestine. And, and we're learning so much about non-celiac gluten sensitivity. I could go on and on about it if we want right. to chat about it some more too, yeah. but we're finding that gluten sensitivity is just as serious and should be taken just as serious as celiac disease. Really? It's a lifelong disorder. Yep. Definitely. Wow. I didn't realize that. Hmm. Right. And so what we're finding, and this has been a lot of research I've been studying with Dr. Tom O'Brien, who's just a fantastic doctor and specializes in gluten sensitivity. And he, he talks about how, when you think about a vaccine, you know, basically you get a vaccine to something like measles, your body is making antibodies to that, mm -hmm. that virus. Mm -hmm. So if you ever do get exposed to that, you have a line of defense ready mm -hmm. to attack yeah. that, you know, invader, that measles invader. Mm -hmm. And so what the research is showing is that your body, whether you have celiac or a gluten sensitivity is making those same kind of antibodies. Wow. And it's remembering your memory B cells are remembering gluten, almost like it's a virus. Wow. And once you uh, learn, you have a gluten sensitivity, it really is for life because your immune system remembers it doesn't like gluten and it sure. goes into this wonky kind of inflammatory cascade. Totally. Well, I've been reading Mark Hyman's book. I have it right here. Food. What the heck should I eat? And I love his approach in general. I just think he's doing a lot of good work. I love that he's an MD and he's like, you know, functionally trained in all these things. And he, he says point blank, everyone should avoid gluten. Like that is his stance. And even if you don't have celiac disease or non-celiac gluten sensitivity, and he says that the research points to no one really being able to process gluten. No one, like not a single person. Right. And that it could be damaging to our intestinal lining and all of these things, regardless of if you have a diagnosis or not. Do you feel the same way? Well, it's not a matter of what I feel. It's really, this is science. And Dr. Sure. Hyman is, is a great functional medicine doctor. I've followed mm -hmm. him. I've, I've learned from him as well. Um, but he is citing a really popular, well-known study in the gluten sensitivity world that was done by uh, Alessio Fasano, Dr. Alessio Fasano, who is really the leading 
he kind of wrote the book on celiac disease mm-hmm. in the beginning. He's from a Harvard Mass General. And he did a study. And in the study, they tested the reaction to gluten on people with celiac and people without celiac and people with gluten sensitivity. So he kind of tested everyone. And he found that the body has a inflammatory reaction every time a wow. human eats gluten. And so some of us can overcome that, but just think about if you have like a little bit of a weak chain in your, sure. your immune system over time, that assault will definitely break down. And I did have this interesting thing. So I just read this, I just read this recently about Dr. Fasano, but he had talked about that if you actually take some of the hydrochloric acid that you have in your stomach and you mm-hmm. put it in a little vial, and if you put your finger in that, it'll dissolve your finger to the bone. Like that's how oh strong your stomach acid yeah, is. Yeah, totally. If you put gluten in that vial, it won't break it down. Gluten is not digestible. It's just something we eat and excrete in a way. So it really is a tough protein for people to digest. And so it is, we're finding that it is sort of an early thing that, that a lot of humans are, you know, if we can eliminate it, we might be able to eliminate a lot of onset of autoimmune. Right. And potentially other diseases. That is crazy. I know. I mean, I haven't had gluten in a long time, but I still love it. (laughs) I haven't had it in a long time, but it's like, it is so hard when it is so delicious and, you know, it can make up for someone who's like, not uh, like standard American diet. Sometimes it can be up to 80% gluten. You know, I mean, people are just like eating a bagel for breakfast, eating pizza for lunch, eating pasta for dinner. And it ends up being you know, get 80 plus percent gluten, which is crazy. So want to back up again for just a second. So I feel like we should define gluten. So gluten's a protein that is found in wheat, barley, and rye. And it's, it's from grains and grains are just seeds of the grass family. I feel like we don't think of grains that way all the time, but they really are just a seed. So if you were to plant a grain, it becomes a grass and that's the, the family that it comes from. And so I think it's important to note that, you know, there is hope for people with celiac disease and also too, you know, I feel like grains can get a bad rap. They raise your blood sugar that requires your body to produce insulin to compensate for that rise. But I do think that there are some ancient grains and other types of grains that can be beneficial to the body. I'm curious, do you eliminate all grains for yourself and your family or is it just gluten? Right. For me, it's just gluten. And the reason is I feel like this diet is very restrictive and most people can be successful on a gluten-free diet if they don't restrict everything. And that's where I I think some of the advice is, you know, don't eat any grains while some experts do purport that like Dr. William Davis of Wheat Valley and things like that. They do talk about being almost completely grain free. Mm. I still find that my body craves grains and I want to have grains. And then I'm able to adhere strictly to this gluten-free diet for the fact that I can still eat something with a grain in it, like a rice or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I mean, you described my diet in my pre-celiac days, you know, pizza for lunch, pasta for dinner, bagel for breakfast, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I love gluten too. And it was, really, it's a really hard thing. And so I think a lot of people feel like they have to give up so much, but they really don't. And and really, I encourage people to just 
see how they feel after they eliminate gluten and not go crazy Mm -hmm. because you're not going to be successful. And I think you and I actually, because can I say we're friends? We know each other. We've talked a lot about something like Whole30 is that a lot of people go on Whole30 and they will feel better, but then Mm -hmm. they just kind of go back to their normal eating afterwards, right? Right. it kind of is this, this cycle and here with gluten-free diet, when the reason I think that is, is because uh, whole 30 is so restrictive at some sure. point, it's just, doesn't fit into a, you know, normal kind of lifestyle. If you want to go out with your friends or, mm-hmm. or whatnot, but if you are on a gluten-free diet for medical reasons where you have celiac disease or a gluten sensitivity, which is a real very real medical condition. I think that if you just eliminate gluten and and you can be successful at that, you're going to be feeling really, really good. Yeah. You're going to feel, you're going to feel better. And, and I agree with that too. I mean, I think there's something that happens with us psychologically when we have to remove so many things. And I haven't really spoken about this much publicly, but after I had COVID, I developed a histamine intolerance. I was getting like itchy all over. So I've been on a low histamine diet for like 60 days and it is crazy because it's like I was already avoiding gluten, dairy, sugar, alcohol, and then had to go low histamine. So there, it can be mentally draining and just hard to deprive your body of certain foods. Like you want to, the, the temptation is to just boomerang back, right? Like you just, like you get so tired of it that you're like, I just want pizza and a beer and ice cream, you know? So I right. think that, I think that's a good sentiment and advice to say like gluten's hard enough, start there. And then of course, if someone is still having digestive distress, you know, or symptoms, then they can dive deeper. But especially in the beginning, it's like focus on one thing, really heal your gut specifically just from avoiding gluten. And then if you need to go past that, you do. But I think that's good. It's a lot to keep up with on its own. It's a lot. I would love for you to tell us like, what's a typical day for you in terms of what are you eating? Like, I just want people to know like what (laughs) they can eat. And I'm sure it's going to sound like relatively normal. (laughs) Yeah, no. And it really is relatively normal. I, I, it's funny how you kind of get into eating the same things over and over again, but especially for breakfast, Yeah, but I love a savory breakfast. So I usually have some eggs and I always put something green on the plate too. Mm -hmm. So sometimes like you'll see me even sauteing broccoli in the morning or peppers or things like that, um, or an avocado. And then I usually have a piece of gluten-free toast, which which has come a long way. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, what are your favorite brands? Do you make your own? Do you buy it? Yeah. Well, I think my favorite brand is the Canyon Bakehouse mm-hmm. and the Stay Fresh packaging. I find is it that soft. local to Colorado? It is. Yeah. So I know. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's so we're very lucky here that we have yeah. kind of a gluten-free Mecca here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do make my own bread. I make a challah every mm-hmm. uh, Friday night. And so we always have leftover challah that I make and I toast up and it's really delicious. For lunch, lunches can be a little harder, especially if I'm on the road and things like that. But I, <laughs> it's kind of funny sometimes to make my own little sushi rolls. Sometimes I so will fun. have a sandwich. I will have a sandwich because the bread is pretty decent. 
consistent these days. I mean, it's yeah. not the same. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But after 10 years, I don't notice much. <laughs> so. Yes, I know. Yeah, that's so true. You're like, I don't even remember what it tastes like anymore. <laughs> right, right. And then I do make planned leftovers. And I know you're a big planner yes, too. Yes. Um, so I always try to make leftover food. I have growing kids who start taking my leftovers now, but I'm getting used to making bigger portions of yeah. meals now. So make sure that I have leftovers and they can have leftovers. And then for dinner, I make all sorts of things. I mean, you can eat, you know, all the proteins, chicken, beef, ground turkey, things like that. I always, I love to make really delicious salsas where I don't know. I think vegetables mm. taste better when they're chopped into little bits. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> so I'm always agreed. chopping up peppers and mangoes and scallions mm. and I'm mixing them together. We love we love spaghetti and meatballs. There's great pasta, brown rice pastas that are mm-hmm. available today. So yeah, it's very normal. And if I really want a piece of bread, I have a piece of bread. And if I want to have a frozen pizza night, I have a frozen pizza night. You know, sure. like I don't deprive myself of that, but I do always try to make sure there's some vegetable or two, often mm-hmm. two vegetables on sure. my plate. Balance, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, totally. And then you, you, because I mean, you have celiac disease and so you have zero wheat in your home, like zero gluten in your home, right? Pretty much zero. Occasionally the kids will bring like treats home from school. (laughs) So you might find a few little wrapped things, but yeah, you won't, we won't be cooking or baking with anything but gluten-free flours here. Right. And, and that's important too, because of this cross contamination. And if, if your child was to make toast and use the jelly, use a knife for jelly and put it on their toast and put it, you know, back in the jelly, like even that can have an effect on your system. Right. That, and yeah. that's the challenge for a lot of people with celiac is sharing their kitchen with right. their families or roommates. You know, it's, it is challenging and you do have to label your own stuff and have separate spaces. And, mm. you know, for a long time, my house was not dedicated gluten-free because my family could eat gluten just fine. I'm the only one with celiac. And I would say about three or four years into my celiac journey, I was still struggling. I'm not going to lie. I I wasn't feeling great. I was still struggling. I'm very emotional. I could cry, you know, like thinking about some of the things that I've gone through or when there's no food in an event, I can cry. You know, I get real emotional about it. And um, my husband, he's so, such a great man. And he just said, you know, you should have at least one place in this earth that you Mm. feel completely safe. Yeah. And so we made the decision to go completely gluten-free in the house. We don't, you know, we really don't bring gluten in or don't have gluten occasionally. Like I said, my kids will sneak a snack in from Mm -hmm. school, but not that they go out of their way to buy it. Mm -hmm. And this way I know the crumbs on the counter are not gluten. Mm -hmm. I know the toaster is always safe. I know all Mm -hmm. these things are safe. And it actually did a lot of, it it helped a lot with my mental health in that way. feeling, Feeling like, yeah. I can eat in my house and not feel and sick. scared and, and sick. Scared. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it's more money. I'm not going to lie, you know, because yes, my kids is. still want cookies and they cost a little more. They still want mm. mac and cheese. It costs a little more to make the gluten-free sure. mac and cheese. Yeah. But my kids have really grown to enjoy the foods. I cook a lot so they can't complain. And, and yeah. I'll also say that my kids have really great empathy. Like I think both mm. of them will marry someone who's gluten-free someday. Because <laughs> They're like, I've developed this muscle. Like <laughs> I got it. I got it. Like if we go to a restaurant and they're giving me a hard time about what they can make me, my kids want to leave. They, they, oh, wow. they, 
they want to make sure that everyone's happy, everyone's taken care of, and that includes mom. And if mom's not going to get a meal, why would they want to sit there and be mm. in front of me? Oh, kind of that's thing? so kind. Yeah. It's a great trait that they have. Yeah. So they're gluten-free at home. Like if you do go to a restaurant, are you ordering something gluten-free and they're like, give me normal mac and cheese? Like, do they eat gluten when you go out? It depends when we go out. I think a lot of times they do order gluten-free. It's like just sort of keeping the table gluten-free, but they will, you know, it just depends where we are. Like mm. if it's noodles or something, they'll, they'll want the regular noodles. But my husband always orders gluten-free and he tells them, he's like, please make it celiac friendly. I want to share this with my wife. Oh, and yeah. so he, he pretty much eats 100% gluten-free. He may not be as worried about cross-contamination, but sure. he'd order a meal gluten-free. He won't give him the same spiel that I'll give him, you know, like really serious, like wash your hands. Like he won't do that, but he'll say, I would like a gluten-free meal. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, give us some tips about eating out and yeah, give us your spiel. Like what do oh, you, yeah. <laughs> because here, wait, let me share a story. So I took Ella to Gaylord Rockies this weekend for her birthday. She chose that instead of a birthday party. It was really cute. And I was like, this is awesome. I wasn't stressed and it so was cute. so chill, but I asked, are the fries gluten-free? Because for me, cross-contamination doesn't bother me. Like if it's fried, if the fries are fried in the same oil as like a chicken nugget, I'm, I'm not gonna be bothered by that but he says yes then I get the fries and the woman brings them out and they're battered and I was like you know I I just want to confirm that these are gluten-free and she (laughs) said she was like oh yeah they're definitely gluten-free okay so then I eat the fries they're literally the best fries I've ever had in my entire (laughs) life And then the guy, then my waiter comes out and like gives us a check and stuff. And I'm like, I'm so shocked those fries are gluten free. And he was like, who told you that? And I was like, uh, the, the woman who brought me the food and he's like, Oh, I would call them gluten friendly, but they're definitely battered in wheat. And I was like, buddy, there's so much that's wrong with this. And like, I felt fine and you know, it's whatever, but it's not whatever the first, I mean, that would wreck you like someone who has true celiac disease, like, and, and there's just such a lack of knowledge. And especially in this, like we have such a a labor shortage right now. So they're just like hiring someone and maybe that was his first day. Like, you know, we have no idea. And so, you know, people, People will say like, what's like, I've gotten waiters who say to me, what's gluten? And I'm like, "Mm, we might need to chat a little more about (laughs) this. Exactly. So yeah, tell us your spiel. Yeah. Well, and your story is really scary. No wonder a lot of us have such anxiety. And I I did a survey of the gluten-free community. I did a, just, you know, I have a lot of readers and I just did a survey of the community and they, the biggest challenge, hands down, when I asked, what's your biggest challenge? It was, it was crazy. I think, let me see if I have the number here. I wrote it down. Yes. 85% of the survey respondents said eating out was their biggest challenge out of all, like kind of selecting, which is your biggest challenge eating out. And it, it it is a trust issue. And, and, and there's a reason a lot of us lack that trust. And and a lot of people think we might be annoying or high maintenance in a restaurant, but look, she told you, Point blank, yeah, that's gluten free. And personal story, I have a friend who ordered a pizza at a restaurant, Modern Market, and they said it was the gluten free pizza, and she ate it. And then, then they were like, "Oh, we that wasn't the gluten free pizza." 
And she was in the hospital for two days on an IV. She was so sick. She needed an IV. And so we, we, and I know this story personal. This is a really good friend of mine. So this isn't like hearsay, but this is why a lot of us have to, you know, go to trusted restaurants. We have to ask a lot of questions. We have to spend time with the waiter. I get really nervous. I'm even going to this, uh, this little conference over the next few days. And she said, here's the menu. And I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable with the menu and even gluten-free that they could do gluten-free, right? And like, you know, I'm going to just bring my own food because I'd rather not be sick at this conference and sitting there with a bad stomach ache or in the bathroom or Mm -hmm. worse have to go home because my head hurts like crazy or whatever. Mm -hmm. So when I go out, I do have to, you know, research the restaurant and feel comfortable going to the restaurant, which I do at a lot of restaurants these days. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think we've come a long way. And so if I don't feel comfortable, I won't eat there. And I have left many restaurants and I even went to, I tried a new restaurant the other day. It was like a fast casual restaurant. And um, I asked the, the, the guy who was working up front at the counter, I said, you know, I have celiac and I'm really serious about being gluten-free. What would you recommend? What's the safest thing for me to order here? And he said to me, if I were you and had celiac, I wouldn't eat here. That's what he said to me. So I said, well, I appreciate your honesty. And I left, but like, that was, that was true. That, that happens to me. And I'm like, I thought I was going to easily find something there. They had gluten-free options. I, you know, and he, but he said, no, but he's like, I'm familiar with like the preparation (laughs) methods and the handling. Cause that's, that's so important too. It's like the fork that touches the other thing and like the gloves changing. And like, there's just so much that goes into it that if they're not serious, then it's not safe. Right. Totally. And there's a Chipotle that I love going to near my house. And and I just put my name as gluten, gluten allergy. Oh my gosh. They write me a note on the top every time it says, yes, we changed our gloves, you know, like Uh, they're so used to me asking and they know like the whole (laughs) spiel already. So they're like, yes, we did it. We know. (laughs) Um, But I really appreciate it. So it's about finding those places you trust and still feeling like you didn't lose your whole social life. You didn't, Mm. you don't have to just stay in your home because I think a lot of us want to feel normal. Sure. If you say, let's go out to eat. I want to be able to go out to eat with you and have a lunch with you. Right. And I think a lot of, a lot of people with celiac are so fearful of that. And you can see why. Look at the mistakes that happen. Yes. Um, Yeah, no, that's good. And two, I mean, like, of course, you know, you want to have your trusted restaurants and it's so good that you, you have yours, but you've been doing this a while. And so I'm just thinking through like, even if you're kind of at the beginning stages, maybe you just learn, like, I'm gonna, I want to keep up my relationships. I'm going to either pick the place for everyone, which like I do that anyway, because I'm so high maintenance, but like, I'm either going to pick the place myself Or maybe you start with like, let's go get a glass of wine, you know, like something that, you know, is going to be gluten-free or like, I'd love to go grab coffee. Like everything doesn't, I know that our society is so focused on like food meetups, but we really could find other ways. Or even like, I love, especially my neighborhood friends. I'm like, let's go on a walk. You know, like there are other ways to interact with other people and keep your social life going or even hosting. Like, I feel like that could be a safe environment. If you are like, I want to host a dinner party, you know, I mean, there are ways to go about it, but I really appreciate those tips. So 
let's say someone listening is like, these symptoms sound like what I deal with. I'm curious if maybe I do have celiac disease or even, you know, if I have some issue with gluten, what do you suggest in terms of like getting tested? Where do you suggest people get tested? Right. And I will say just before we get into testing, like the symptoms can be a wide range of hundreds of different Mm, symptoms that have been associated with both celiac and other autoimmune conditions. And so I think a lot of people think celiac is just a GI stomach kind of issue and like someone who has bloating and diarrhea. And those are classical symptoms, but we're also seeing some of these other things like migraines and skin conditions Mm. and brain disorders, all sorts of things that are happening, deficiencies. But if someone suspects that they have celiac, and I think a lot of people might, because they have, I think a lot of people are struggling with their health Mm -hmm. um, and they don't understand it or their doctors are like, yeah, you're fine. Or I heard somewhere a stat, like 51% of people with early onset autoimmune diseases that complain to their doctors are labeled as complainers or told that they're symptoms are just in their head. Yeah. This is like real stats out there that, you know, that anyone can find. So, but if you do want to get tested for celiac, which is always a good thing to do before you go gluten-free, because you must have gluten in your body for your body to make antibodies Mm -hmm. to gluten. If you're not eating gluten, you can't have an accurate test. And so um, you can talk to your doctor about getting a simple blood test, a simple celiac blood test. It's very accurate. If you don't want to go to your doctor or your doctor says, I don't think that's it and doesn't want to give you the test, which Mm -hmm. happens more than I realize. I get a lot of notes about that. You have so much control today. I love love the world we live in that we have so much more control over our health and the tests we want. And there's, there's great companies out there that you can get a celiac disease at home test. I've taken, I've taken the one from I'm aware before, and it's like, you you prick your finger and you just give a little bit of a blood sample and then they send you a full report and it's so helpful. And so once you find out yes or no, the blood test is positive or negative, there's two different kind of routes you will go. So if it is positive, you do want to go see a GI doctor. You do Mm. want to have your blood test confirmed with a biopsy of your small intestine. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. It's not that you will be under anesthesia because they do an endoscopy through your mouth into Mm -hmm. your small intestine, but they will biopsy it. They'll take pictures and they're looking for damage to the small intestine that is consistent with celiac disease. If the test is negative, some doctors will do other things. If if the blood test is negative for celiac, they might look if you have the celiac genetic markers, you know, everyone with celiac, I think 99% of the people with celiac have one of two celiac genes. Oh. And so if you have the genetic markers, it doesn't mean you have celiac, but you have a genetic predisposition. Sure. Then they might say, you know, you may have had a negative test, but you have the genes. We may still do a biopsy to see what we're you yeah. know, see what's going on. And then after that, the next step would be 
to potentially do some testing for gluten sensitivity. And there's some great tests out there that will help you to see if your body is making antibodies to gluten. Remember we talked sure. a little bit about that Yeah. and it may not be that you're getting the damage to your small intestine, but that mm-hmm. your body is just super inflamed yeah. <laughs> and, and gluten is causing that inflammation and you're having such trouble digesting it and it's creating damage to your small intestine. It's causing leaky gut and it's, it's wreaking havoc in your body at a spot that might be a weak link for you. Sure. Whether it's your brain, your skin, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't realize there was already testing for the non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So I will get the link from you on that too. And we'll put it in the show notes. Well, I have just learned so much. I always do these podcast (laughs) episodes and I'm like, I know about this. And then I'm like, I learned so much today. So thanks for coming on. I have two questions that I ask everybody at the end of the show. So we'll end with those. So at the end of your life, when you are looking back, what will a successful life look like to you? You know, I think it sounds cheesy, but we all know money can't buy happiness, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think a successful life to me will look will look like that, that I've really helped people and that I, you know, I, I'm surrounded by people who love and, and respect me. I'm, that's my hope, obviously, <laughs> yeah. my family. But at the end of the life, I hope that I made a difference, that I helped people feel more normal on this journey. And then I helped people, you know, deal with these challenges and this burden that comes with living a gluten-free lifestyle. So I really do hope that, that I I make a difference. And and I always like to say, I made my mess, my mission, you know, this is my mess. Like really, I live and breathe this. This is my mess. And, and my mission is to make it a little less messy for everyone else. (laughs) Yeah. That's so good. Well, I think you are already doing that. So what is something in your life you feel like you've been intentional about recently? And then what's something you want to be more intentional about? Oh, goodness. I think like I, you know, people make a word of the year kind of thing. Yeah. My word of the year for many years (laughs) is consistency because Mm -hmm. I'm consistent. And I think that in our lives, if, if, if we want to feel better, we want to make changes in our life, we have to be consistent. And, and so I really... I'm not always great at being consistent in everything I do, but I do think consistency really is an intentional act that, that I do when I want to continue to work on doing people who are on the gluten spectrum, you have to be consistent. You have Mm -hmm. to be consistent if you want to have results. It's like anything else in life. And so I find that word to just be such a powerful word in everything I do in terms of what I eat and how I live my life mm-hmm. and, and you know all of that stuff so consistency yeah. is the word <laughs> yeah I love it I love it well perfect so where can people find you online to connect with you more my website is goodforyouglutenfree.com. You'll actually, if you just scroll through some of the articles, you'll be prompted to join my newsletter, which I hope you will, because I do put out a Friday newsletter with great tips and recipes and things about living gluten-free life. I write them every week. I write this. It's like stressful, yes. but I do write I know. a personal newsletter. Yeah, you're on I my list. I get it. Right? I get it. Yes. And I love, <laughs> she has a NEMA sensor that tests for hidden gluten and things. And so she's always like, putting stuff in our sensor and telling you if it's really gluten-free or not. And I'm always like, so, so like invested. I'm like, are the Doritos gluten-free? Like right. even if it's something I wouldn't eat otherwise, I'm like,
like, I need to know. <laughs> I have to know. A lot of people who aren't gluten-free subscribe, they're just, they're hooked on knowing, is it really gluten-free? I know. Is it gluten-free? <laughs> I did that? Okay. Total side note. That yeah. company was like moot for a while. Is it back? It's back. It's back. Oh, good. They, uh, the company was sold in around in or around March, 2020. And it was sold to a medical device company. And we all know kind of what happened in March, 2020. We won't be sure. anything <laughs> that happened. In this yeah. world. And so I think the medical device company may have, I, I don't know for sure, but it may have just been kind of tabled. And for a long time, we couldn't get test capsules and we couldn't use our sensors. And most, a lot of people I heard threw it away, all this stuff. But then Late last year in 2021, it did come back with new new management and a new team and a, and a rebrand under NEMA Partners versus NEMA Sensors. So I do love that device. There's some other devices coming out I've been contacted Ooh, about. Yeah. So I think we're going to be seeing the gluten device tech detecting wars coming out soon. Okay. So more we'll more to, to come tuned. on that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> okay, and, and then bump. also good for you, gluten free on Instagram. Um, everywhere else Instagram and, and bit the bullet and I'm on TikTok too there which you I are. actually think is fun so yeah it's so fun um, yeah you can find me there as well perfect well thanks Jenny we will talk to you soon okay thanks so much take care Thank you so much, Jenny, for sharing your wealth of knowledge on the topic of living gluten-free with us today. I have learned so much and I have a lot to think about, honestly. So I'm really excited about that. If you want to connect with Jenny more, be sure to check out all of the links in the show notes for her website, all of her socials, and to get her book, Dear Gluten, It's Not Me, It's You. I will see you next week.